Hello, hello, and welcome back to No Fairy Tale Travels. This week we pick up where we left off last week, which is when I had just secured a Cambodian guide, my own personal private guide. <laughs> so what had happened is that when I asked this girl if I could listen in on what she was saying, and then eventually if I could tag along with her on her Cambodian adventure, three other people did the same thing. And we became a group of five awesome people. We had our own little travel family. And this was just the beginning of it. So here I'm going to tell you about my last moments in Siem Reap and my journey to our new city, our new adventure, a place I never, ever, ever thought that I would be. Bottom Bong. And through this journey, the five of us became the Bottom Bangers. <laughs> Anyway, oh, let me tell you about this. It was, it was really great. But we're not, we're not quite at our our little travel family's adventure yet. So let's back it up a little bit. We end up becoming five people, and we all decide to travel through Cambodia together. And we decide that we're going to leave the day after tomorrow. So we have one more day of activities to do. So we meet up for breakfast the next day at a place built just for the white man, <laughs> just for just for whitey. Um, it's like if you see see those movies in Africa or in Africa. If you see if you see those old movies about Africa, like where you would expect Sean Connery to be in some sort of very nice hunting lodge in the middle of an African village, that's what the places the food places built for whitey are like in Southeast Asia. So we go to this coffee shop that looks like it belongs in some expensive rich yuppie city in America or Western Europe, and uh, we have our nice little coffees and cappuccinos and egg toast just basic stuff there but anyway the point of it isn't the breakfast place it's just to point out kind of how you can occasionally have a very fake experience if you want when you go to these places but our 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 experiences very soon we're not going to be so fake because we had secured an amazing amazing tour guide basically she was not at all a tour guide but what we had decided over breakfast is that hell yeah all of us love her ideas and we definitely want to follow her if she will allow us to and she said hell yeah i don't have anyone else to go with i would love for you guys to go with me i enjoyed having a beer with you last night and so let's meet up tonight and have some more drinks and flesh this out even more so Everyone kind of goes their separate way, and I hang out with a tour guide. Oh, by the way, I do have a new microphone this week, so if it's really bad, you can go to nofairytaletravels.substack.com and let me know your thoughts. It costs a lot of money, but I feel like it's not going to be a very good microphone. It sounds very weird, so sorry about that. So anyway, back to breakfast. We finished breakfast. We all decided to meet up later in the evening, but I am hanging out with the guide. Oh, she is such a fun, lovely lady very easy on the eyes very 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 easy on the eyes and funny and interesting and has so much to say about everything and so much energy about what she wants to do in cambodia needless to say i i was rather enamored with her presence <laughs> so we're sitting down looking at things to do outside the uh rich white man's coffee shop and she notices that there is a blind massage clinic 
nearby, and it's a very special place. You go and you get massaged by blind people, and it's special because they're blind, I guess? <laughs> I don't like people touching me, or at least people I don't know, especially massage people in Southeast Asia. So we go to the blind massage place. And it's some hard wooden beds inside of a shack in the middle of the city with some curtains on the outside. And I guess the people were blind. I guess they were blind. I don't know. We paid them 10 bucks and we laid down and we endured torture. I I don't know if this is how blind people like to get massages or, or what. But I, I was always, you know, under the impression that a nice massage happened on the muscles of your body. And this guy, he massaged only the bones, like every vertebrae in your back individually on the vertebrae, not the muscles on the side of your spine. Uh-uh, because that might actually feel nice. There wasn't no happy ending here, guys. <laughs> not even a mildly joyful one. When he got to the shoulders, what does he do? You know those muscles on top? The traps? The trapezius muscles? Oh no! Those would be too easy to pinch and squeeze and massage and make you feel nice and good. Let's go for the bones, like the clavicle, and just poke it as hard as we can with our freaking steel fingers. I still, I can feel the pain right now just thinking about it. Oh my God. And he even did the head too. He did the head. He goes on top of your head and just pushes it like as hard as he can all over the skull. <laughs> I'm getting tremors thinking about it. Like, you know how babies have a soft spot on their skull, so you're not supposed to push it. I think he was looking for that soft spot, you know, to see if it was still soft so he could push it real hard and see what happens. Oh, my gosh. It was seriously the most painful freaking thing ever. And it was, I think, 45 minutes, 30 minutes. It, it, it was it was actual torture. I would rather be waterboarded than this. Pour some water up my nose and mouth. Yes, please. Poke my bones for 30 minutes with your fingertips as hard as you can. And tell me it's a cultural experience, so I'm just going to take it. <laughs> I wanted to cry so badly. I wanted to get out of there so badly. But this lovely girl with whom I had very quickly become enamored was laying next to me. And she wasn't making a noise as her woman did the same thing to her. So I was like, well, if she can take it, I can take it, right? This is some lovely cultural thing. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was a full bone massage. A full bone massage. A body bone massage. All the bones in your body, except for the one that makes you happy. Massaged. <laughs> oh my god. Like I said, I don't like strangers touching me. And this certainly didn't make me want to have a stranger touch me anymore. <laughs> Oh my goodness. We leave the massage 
And as we got outside of the cloth curtain, we looked at each other and just broke out laughing and, and just said, did, did it hurt you too? <laughs> and she had the same feeling as me. She couldn't believe what had just happened. She couldn't believe just the, the excruciating pain that was dished out upon her body and <laughs> me too. What the hell was up with this guidebook? Someone had just gone through this city and then written everything down and given it some sort of nice, I don't know, nice bend to how they describe it. A nice little, well, it's a place that gives a massage by blind people. So it's quite a lovely little traditional interesting experience to get here. And they never got the massage, so they couldn't tell you that it's someone trying to murder you with their fingers. Guidebook people suck. God damn. You know, sometimes I try and give real reviews of places, and all I get is backlash. Like, I give a real review. Egypt. I keep going back to Egypt because that's one where I got the most backlash, and also had, you know, no one admits to the real experience there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I get so much backlash when I tell people about the real stuff. It, it, uh, the real stuff isn't always good, guys. If a blind man wants to give you a massage in Asia, don't let him do it. <sighs> a lot of guys go over there and they do have happy endings. <laughs> if you're going for a massage, just don't do the blind ones, please. It'll just hurt you. <laughs> I think that I found out that day what a full body, body, full body arthritis felt like. Very sad. Oof, I'm going to have to drink some more wine to cope with this. Okay, so after that, I had a lovely adventure day planned for myself. So me and uh, Torture Gal parted ways. All of us were going to meet up in the evening, like I already mentioned. And I went on an ATV excursion through the CM Reap Outback. And I thought, how cool, I'm going to ride an ATV, I'm going to go through all the ruins, it's going to be awesome. We drove through freaking rice fields for an hour. Why was it an hour? Because, of course, I bought the longest one and paid a hundred freaking dollars, not realizing how much of a ripoff it was. Basically, I just made that dude's, I don't know, lifetime, paying a hundred bucks, and he just drove me around rice fields. It was kind of cool to see how some of the rice farmers live. Or I don't know if they live and sleep in some of the shacks that we saw, but life is life is very different there. Life is very very different there. Uh, I mean, open air, big shacks next to the roads on wood piles, with um, kind of like mats on the ground that are used for sleeping, and then a TV. I don't know where they got the power. I think they had a generator there, and play a little place to cook. And it's all small, the size of a room. And it's attached to a rice field. Or whatever field. Looked like a rice field. Uh, it looked like these people lived there, you know, their whole life or most of their life. Yeah, very different way than us. You basically have two groups of, of people over here, at least in CM Reap. CM Reap is all tourism. So you have people that are able to milk money from Whitey. And then you have people who do what they've been doing there for ever since Angkor Wat fell into disrepair. And I don't remember when that was, but it used to be a massive, magnificent um, city and the capital of Cambodia, I believe. And, and it's on the west side of Cambodia. 
until I believe the ties basically destroyed it. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, anyway, side note. So you do see some of the interesting realities of life, but basically you see a bunch of rice fields. And as you're driving along, you also in the distance see reality of uh, the people who are able to profit from the foreigners. So they build these three and four story places that they sell out as or that they rent out as Airbnbs. And they say it has a nice view. and It doesn't. It kind of sucks. <laughs> So basically, after getting poked by blind people for an hour, then I rode on an ATV for an hour, and it just sucked wearing, you know, jeans, going through that heat for an hour, and driving by tractors, and just nothing cool, nothing cool. Never take the ATV there. So the day, ever since meeting that tour guide, life seemed to go south a little bit. <laughs> But we meet up in the evening for drinks, all five of us, and we we uh, got a new person, a real tool of a person, a real tool of a person. I'll tell you about him in a moment. And we all go out for dinner, and we have a lovely dinner. And going out for dinner with five or it was six people at this point who don't know each other and are all from different places. I think we had Canada, USA for me two from the UK, or one from the UK, one from Norway, one from I don't know where, and one from I don't know where. And when you meet up, you have so many interesting different things to talk about. It's never boring. There's never a quiet moment. Everyone's always ordering something different or interesting or unique. You always have something that entertains the group. It's awesome. And if there's nothing with which to entertain the group, then you aren't drinking enough. You drink enough, you become comfortable, you have a good time. But we did not have a problem. Ever since the five of us met up, we all got along perfectly and had a great time. And then we had this extra tool who joined. Ugh. And so after an amazing dinner, I was watching some videos of it just a moment ago. It really was. It, it embodied what I love about travel. This travel family is perfect. And um, so after that, we go uh, to a bar at the end of Pub Street, and it turns out that that little tool, that bastard, he, he, you know what he looks like? He looks like someone you should drive a boat with, like put him behind the boat under the water and use it to steer the boat. That's what that little shit looked like. So he was getting on that guide with whom I had become slightly enamored, and I was sad. I was sad. I'm not going to lie. I was sad. So I drank a lot more. And then I fell down the half pipe. <laughs> the metal half pipe. Just chew and slid down. <gasps> oh my gosh. And um, so then I walked down to the other side of the bar. Massive multi-level bar. And I met some awesome, amazing Australian girls. Man abroad is not a man long forlorn. Before he finds a new lass very soon and i'm playing drinking games and having a great time with these aussie girls <laughs> and then that bar ends up closing and we all leave and then i end up in a club on pub street and this well let's just say the aussie girls were gone and the brazilian girls had arrived <laughs> so my night ended with the brazilian girls and you know it's kind of funny to think back on this day. This that what what a crazy day to start it in some weird yuppie coffee shop, then get 
horrible punishment from blind people, then ATV through rice fields, then go out for a lovely international dinner, fall down a half pipe at a bar when the girl you wanted ended up with the tool. He did look like a tool, little shit. Then hang out with some Aussie girls that make you feel better, then end up with some Brazilian girls that make you feel even better. And I think I made it back to the hostel about three hours before we were set to leave the next day. <laughs> oh, the video of that, me returning and waking up is so funny. I'm just destroyed. Oh my gosh, what a good time though. And the tour guide, she also had a little bit of an adventure that night. That tool, piece of shit, uh, didn't even protect her. So when you're in Asia, if you're walking with a gal, you always need to make sure that she is not on street side. So what had happened is they were walking back to the hostel on a street we had all walked on many, many, many times before over the preceding four days or five days. And a guy on a scooter came by and ripped the purse off of her arm and knocked her on the ground and injured her. Now, thankfully, he didn't get her purse because the purse had a metal sort of strap, like a chain strap, so it broke in many places and then fell on the ground. But she was injured, and the tool is just standing there like, uh, uh, uh. And the other girl in our group, a lovely Nordic girl, whose last name, by the way, is Odin's daughter. How cool is that? Their names are so cool. <laughs> Odin's daughter ended up with a lovely guy who somehow managed to give her a black eye. Yeah, and it didn't exactly seem like a friendly black eye. I'm not really going to tell the whole story. I don't think it's necessarily appropriate. Just needless to say, it wasn't good. And it's a good thing that uh, we had to leave that day and didn't encounter her last lover. God, that is a lot of chaos for one day, isn't it? <laughs> it's not always chaos. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we all kind of had a bit of chaos, but we all somehow managed to wake up the next day. And we all managed to follow our guide, except for one who took a bus to the next city. So he took a four-hour bus. And the other three of us, because the tool was not coming, he's a pretty worthless tool. Not good for anything, except for annoying me. So the four of us who didn't take the bus, we take a local ferry to this new city, Bottom Bong. And Bottom Bong, Bottom Bang, Bottom Bang, I don't know. <laughs> We take this ferry to this city, and it's going to take between six and eight hours. We have no idea what's going on. We just wanted to follow this girl, and she said, she said, yeah, I'm taking this really cool ferry. We get there, and it is a canal boat, like a London-style canal boat, long and narrow. And they put all of the foreigners on the roof <laughs> in like 100% humidity and a million degrees heat. We're sitting on the roof for six to eight hours, and none of us had slept well, and we were all hungover. It was literal hell. But it was really fun. We were just sitting up there, laying on our bags next to each other, talking shit, having a great time. I found a lovely Italian lass. 
with whom I shared a great many laughs and exchanging stories and, I don't know, lovely glances and contact information. I think you're going to be hearing about her in one of the next episodes and shared a just a, a great time uh, experiencing hell on top of that canal boat ferry thingy for eight hours. <laughs> but what was cool about it is as we're on the boat, the moment that we got out of this sort of, it's a muddy river, right? It's completely muddy and it's not even a river. It's basically like a canal. And the moment that we get out of the city, it's like we're back in time. We're going into the jungle to explore ancient Cambodia. There is no life. There is no civilization except for a random tribe here and a random tribe there. We see local fishermen on the shore. We see naked children bathing and playing waving happily at us as if they had never seen a white person before. The smiles on their face were were truly enriching, warm, loving. They made you feel good to see how excited they were to see you. And no one was coming up to the boat to ask you for anything. They were just there smiling. It felt like we were in a National Geographic episode. I mean, it was so cool. And you had little tiny villages on wooden stilts built up next to the river. You had women washing the clothes. And like I said, the fishermen and no cars driving next to the river. No roads, no trucks, no construction. It felt like we were going into, I don't know, the heart of Africa or something, in some sort of village. There were, society was long gone. And the funny thing is that when we would take some of the turns for the canal, the canal was so narrow and so small that sometimes our boat, as it's puttering along at a snail's pace, you could walk faster, uh, it would, it would uh, hit the bank and stop. And a shoeless man would walk out of the front of the canal boat and grab a bamboo stick and use it to push the boat so that it would get back from the shore and then he would help to turn it using that bamboo stick and he probably did that i don't know 15 times in the day maybe 20. it was a regular occurrence so you gotta wonder if sometimes maybe it rains too much and uh, the the soil washes in a little bit too much from the side if the boats ever don't actually complete the journey like they don't finish them because some of these turns, it just, it couldn't make it without the bamboo dude. And even then, it was still barely able to make it. Oh my gosh. It really was a fun adventure, I have to say. Through that, we all realized that we were just so happy to be together. I mean, we didn't have any hiccups in our travel family. We just got along so well with the jokes and the banter and the bullshit. It was perfect. If someone needed sunscreen, someone had sunscreen. The Italian girl, she was lovely. It was such a fun boat ride. I got so horrible sunburn, actually. <laughs> so horrible of a sunburn on my legs. That would would change the trajectory of my journey a little bit later. But when we arrived there, the guy, the uh, last member of our travel family who had taken the bus, so it had only taken him four hours, he had already checked into the hostel that we were going to stay in, 
and had secured us a tuk-tuk. So when we arrive, our tuk-tuk driver is waiting for us at the bottom of the metal stairs, one lane wide metal stairs that go down the muddy embankment that go all the way down to the little river. <laughs> He's waiting down there in his flip-flops to pick us up. And when we arrive, he calls us out by name, all of us by name, a lovely gregarious fellow who had an awesome tuk-tuk. Not one of these with a little motorcycle on front and then two wheels in the back like a horse carriage. No, he had one that looked like a miniature car that was still a tuk-tuk in the back so it could seat four people, but had two seats in the front with a driver on the left like a car. It was, <laughs> it was such a cool thing. It really, really was. And we uh, get in there. He puts our bags away in the front of the car. And we sit down and we get chauffeured off to our hostel where our friend is waiting for us. And after we all have a shower and a little nap, we go out and have a wonderful, wonderful dinner. And thus begins. The bottom bong, bottom bangers adventure, which we shall start in the very next episode. And there are so many things to cover in that, from some sort of lost railway to an infinite number of bats flying overhead. I'm pretty sure Cambodian Batman lived there. To eating rats on the side of the road. To street food, real street food, not white man CM reap street food. That makes your stomach turn. To all-night parties, to a circus, to gang members, to lesbians, to the chief of police and partying with him all night long. And... <laughs> One of those moments where you say, this is either going to end horribly or amazingly, but either way, I'm going to have an experience, and so you just go for it. Uh, that's all coming up. So I'll see you next week. Have a good one.